sir, we promised you a great main event here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, it is professional wrestling, and it's time for the number one professional wrestling podcast in the world, sports and recreation included. It is Cheap Heat. I am Peter Rosenberg, brought to you uh, today with, as always, Bear the Dog in the house, and more, oh, yeah. and more importantly, S to the G to the G. How you doing, SGG? Oh, yeah, I'm doing great, P. How you doing? Doing good, man. Doing, doing good. Um... With an exclusive world premiere of our brand new blockbuster. I just, I have drops here that I know you can't hear. I wish I could figure out how to get you to hear the drops through this, but I don't think I can. So, if you hear me pause randomly like that, it's because I'm playing a drop. But, I'm good. Real quick, before we get started, I do want to send people um, uh, to Ariel Helwani's MMA podcast. Lots to break down in the world of MMA right now. The so-called retirement of Conor McGregor, uh, UFC 250, Fight Island is now official. So there's a lot going on. If you want to catch up on all things MMA, listen to Ariel Helwani's MMA podcast. Um, SGG, I wore this shirt today in honor of not only where things are in the world, but also Mark Henry's birthday. <laughs> nice. We are the nation. Do we have a nation of domination drop? You know, I, I, I can I can get the nation theme song. Give me a second. I can get the Nation of Domination theme song. Um, we, need. we are the nation. Domination. Someone at some point, I forget what the moment was, someone threw up an Owen Hart tweet that was very funny. Um, like a, about like being an ally. And it, and it was about, and it showed <laughs> Owen Hart as the black heart. With the nation. Um, but, uh, yeah, you were just mentioning to me uh, before we started the program. Uh, well, no, actually, I have an announcement first. First of all, if you ordered a hot dog chicken showdown shirt, listen closely. For some reason, the, the the shirts look tremendous. They look really great, and they're all they've all gone out. But it's been a debacle. Um, we've just had bad luck, and a couple of weird things happened. So, number one. If you got your shirt, please check your email to see if you got an email from anyone at Rosenberg Radio because essentially, in an all-time congratulations, you played yourself. The, <laughs> something happened with the Shopify and PayPal, and there was some like some glitch, and they ended up refunding everyone who bought a shirt, but all the shirts have already been shipped. So I trust that literally every one of the people who bought a shirt, and this was super limited. I mean, listen, I, I want to give it up for the people. I believe we sold 53 hot dog chicken showdown shirts. And That's a good number for a week. For No, I, I think I ended up keeping it up for two weeks. But really, when you think about how niche the hot dog chicken showdown shirt is, <laughs> I mean, it's inside. It's an inside joke in an inside joke in an inside joke. So – I love all the 53 people who bought it, and I assume that all of you will not want us to have to lose money on the shipping and everything else. So if you can check your email, a lot of people already repaid it, and I appreciate you, but just check your emails because my buddy Mark probably sent you an email just asking you to repay. But either the shirts will be in your hand right now, um, and then we had another bit of bad luck with uh, half the sh one shipped, 
the 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 shipping amount was wrong and they bounced back so those are going out monday so everyone in the next week will have their hot dog chicken showdown shirts i don't want anyone to think cuz i got emails i don't want anyone to think there's any funny style business before you know it we'll all be posting pictures on instagram with our hot dog chicken showdown shirts so no one fear it's all coming it's all good um and shout out to my man mark who's uh just caught some bad some bad breaks here um and it, he does a great job. The shirts look tremendous. Shouts to Rob Pearson. Did a great job designing them. And we have more. Uh, I think I'm going to do a more mainstream general shirt SGG in the next few months. Coming soon. Yeah, we'll do a new design. And actually, I got put on to a new way of doing merch in general that I think is going to be way easier. And we're going to do that soon. Um, and then also... I'm curious for people to tweet us at Rosenberg Radio, at Stack Eye Greg. You can always email rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. Would people be interested in cheap heat masks? Because I have a friend who's hooking up some amazing looking masks. Um, so we could do a couple different ones. We could do ones that just have the old logo cheap heat. We could do ones that say stay mage. We could do ones that say enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. I mean, there's take it easy. So, if, let me know if you guys have an interest in cheap heat masks. I'm considering doing those. I think she sells them for something like twelve ninety nine plus shipping. Um, but I have them. I have. Uh, she made me. She actually made me a WWE one. Um, so it's a bootleg. Sorry, WWE. Don't worry, it's just one. Um, and then <laughs> she made me a Wu Tang one, also bootleg, because she makes them personalized. Whatever you tell tell her you want, she can do. Um, I gotta tell you, they're really good masks. Fit pretty well. Comfortable. Pretty thick. Um, but not too thick. Uh, so anyways, that's, uh, the business to handle. And then SGG, you were just talking to me about the guy who came from my neck on, uh, Twitter yesterday. And, um, yeah. Clown. and then ended up singing a different tune today. This, but I really do think this was an interesting, I just got off the phone with my therapist and we spent a lot of time talking about this whole thing. And my therapist is a guy who is always pushing, is always pushing me to, be the best version of myself, even in, you know, difficult situations. And so basically I had a guy who came at my neck yesterday on um, Twitter. Which is putting it lightly, by the way. You know, he specifically he specifically got anti-Semitic, hit me with a Jew boy, and then said, you better pray you don't see me on the street, something like that. So pretty, <laughs> yeah. pretty not cool stuff to say the least. And, oh, wow, hold on. There's a, there's an update. There's an update. There's an update. Anyway, so I, I didn't feel like I should have to hold this to myself. I felt like me being attacked for my views on Black Lives Matter and and being attacked. And I looked. If you went back, I don't know if you looked at Gigi on his account. He had he had commented. He'd come at me like fifty times, like obsessive. And so I retweeted him. And SGG, you know. The, the peckerheads came for him. Yeah. Now, I, <laughs> rightfully so. Now, I didn't. It, all I really expected was that people would kind of shout him down. I did not do that under the guise of like I want people to give his address or anything like that. Like I know people do do that. I, that, that that's just not what I was looking for in that circumstance, right? Like I was just being like, I just want him to show. I just want him to be shown how wrong he was, and that's mostly what happened. But a couple people like called out his business, something like that. Whatever. It's not like I lost sleep over. <laughs> yeah, not your problem. But but it not wasn't what problem. I was. But it wasn't what I was going for. Then today he sends me a DM that says, "Um, you don't blow up someone's personal name. You want to go back and forth with me? No problem. I can't stand what's going on with this country. Just like you. Apparently, we have different viewpoints. Take the post down. Would be appreciated because your wonderful followers are attacking me left and right. I have a business. You don't attack a man's livelihood. Funny because he had definitely attacked my livelihood." Not only that, his username was his name, so he made himself very easy to find. Correct, and I didn't, he didn't put I, his I, name out. <laughs> I did not Google your name. Yeah, he said you're attacking man's livelihood. I don't have my followers attacking your personal life or job. Well, no, but you just came after my. You did it. You did it yeah, yourself. You did it yourself. I'm assuming you knew this would happen. Not cool. Remove the post, please. It can all be over. You won't hear from me again. This is out of hand now. You made your point. You could have just bought me or reported me. Thanks. So Yo, you know what's crazy? I didn't hear the apology though. Where's the apology? I'm- Did he say sorry? Hold on. 
No, he never said sorry. So let's continue. I So after talking to my therapist, my therapist was kind of like, you know, do you think that there's any good that can come from a conversation with him, from this person? And keep in mind, guys, I've been hearing from a, a lot of hateful people every day. This just happens to be one person who went to a place that I addressed it. And I, I, this, to me, this becomes a really interesting conversation about what things can be done with people who, um, are, who you deeply disagree with. And, and then, and then what about, it goes more than disagree with people who just say terrible things and right. are hurtful and racist and whatever. And then, you know, on the, on probably the least extreme end, you know, I think you have the people who, you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to give a pass here because I'm, I'm, it's not good, but I would say maybe you have like Drew Brees on one end where you have someone who maybe if you have the right conversations could change their viewpoint. And then on the other end, you have people who are just coming out screaming the N word, right? Like I, that's kind right. of the scale. And I think we would agree that, or no, maybe not. Maybe you won't agree. I personally feel that someone like Drew Brees is worth having conversation with. And then there are some people further along that I go, nope, at this point, there's no conversation to be had. It's just, this is what it is. I don't know where this guy falls, so I just thought I will write back because I want to see if something positive can come from it. And I'm always willing to push, um, especially after I completely backed you down and made you look like a fool. Right. So I responded to him, SGG. Oh man, I didn't see, I didn't know this. This is private. I just did it recently, just a, a little while ago. I said, you probably won't believe this, but I did not intend for anyone to out you. Just thought people would yell at you, which you deeply deserved. I'm sure it will pass <laughs> if it hasn't already. Your business will be safe, but I did not out your name. I simply retweeted your public posts. You now say that you want to have a dialogue and we have different views. Yesterday it was all kinds of Jew talk and praying I don't see you. If you want to talk, that's not how you start a conversation. I'm sorry you felt attacked. I hope you learn to respect people's differences and appreciate the feelings and pain of people different than you. And I know you're probably mad at me that I said I'm sorry and he never even said I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I yeah. know you're tight about that. I know, I know you're tight about that. I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't think about that. He just wrote me back. Oh my God. Hold on. He just wrote me back. Is the, is the post as psychotic as I imagined? No, no, no. What it's going to get is the legitimate SGG laugh that people come here for. The reason people, when people need a laugh this weekend, something to feel good about, this laugh that SGG is going to get here is, is what it is. I would love to clear the air with you and appreciate you contacting me. This is a huge misunderstanding. Wait. My Twitter account was hacked. <laughs> what? No, he didn't. No, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. You did not just do it. I see. Uh-huh. But you know what? That's the move. But like, even if, if you, you have... don't want to own it, that's the move. <laughs> but if... Oh, I'm sorry. Even if you have 200 followers? <laughs> oh, let's keep going. Can we keep going? Let's keep going. I had to delete that and a couple of other accounts. My stupidity. I used the same password. I'm no wacko or crazy guy or wear a white hoof. I assume he means white hood. Hood. LOL, I run a very reputable business. We don't believe in racism in any way, nor does anyone who works for me. Would you be willing to call me to discuss? Thank you. This has been a nightmare this morning because of a hack. I have your followers calling me, calling, threatening me, my company, my family, all because of a hack. It could be Nobody's a, doing that. Also, nobody. No doing one's that. doing that. No one's calling. Do you believe uh, of the people? Uh, do I believe someone could have called the number and and said, "Go f yourself"? Yeah, maybe. maybe. Because barely anyone saw the number. Like one yeah. guy posted that deep in the comments. Like I don't even think that people are doing that, and they're threatening your family. Come Nobody's on, man! That. No one's threatening your family. He said, um, all because of a hack. It could be a disgruntled employee. I've had many people work for my corporation. But about a few months ago, I had to let an employee go because of the virus. He wasn't happy. Um, not Maybe it's coincidental. I'm extremely sorry for any misunderstanding, but please take down that tweet or whatever you call it. As I stated, I was hacked. They are killing my business, writing reviews and comments on my pages. I in no way condone racism or the use of racial slurs. I just want to make that clear. <sighs> 
So this is what happens, man. I tried. I tried. I tried. And I would have just wanted to say, hey, I said some foul stuff. If you're willing to have a conversation, can I express my views? And I might have said, yeah. Bypassed all of that. He He bypassed all of that. He just went right into, I was hacked. Come on, fam. And this is what you can do for me. I was hacked. Yo, man. Damn. Damn. tried, though. I tried. I can't, but I am amused now, at least, that he went straight to the I was hacked. And by the way, the tweets are already deleted, bro. He deleted... He deleted the tweets. He deleted his account. People aren't going to keep calling him. Calm down. These people are not. I do not believe that the people on Twitter who were angry in my defense are coming at you that hard. Give it till tomorrow. Nobody's threatening your family. No one's threatening your life. And guess what? And by tomorrow, uh, you won't hear about it anymore. You'll start your thing back up and, 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 and the racists you serve will be happy enough to come to your business. Exactly. So anyways, but I, but SGG, I bring this up because I do wonder, we're going to come to a point of, you know, deciding the people that we think it's worth it to have conversations with and the people that you go, it's not worth it, I don't want to hear from you. You know, like in the case of Randy Orton, we were all very happy to hear. We said, oh, we believe it's possible that you have evolved. But at the same time, we didn't have any real one ever thing that Randy had said to, to all we had, all we'd kind of heard was that he was right wing, no? Yeah, and I mean, he did. He did say all lives matter. Oh, and he had said all lives matter at some point. Okay. So, but listen, you know, I got to tell you the amazing thing about black people and about, I think, uh, progressive, progressive people in general and, and particularly progressive black people is the ability to be willing to listen and forgive if you actually sense sincerity and willingness to learn. Not if you were hacked, bro. But not when you come with the I was hacked. (laughs) Yeah. F out of here, B. Come on. What a disgrace. Are you... Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. Come on. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, so that was just an intro that has nothing to do with anything. SGG, we have a... We have Backlash on Sunday. Yes. We had uh, an NXT TakeOver this past weekend. Um, How did... What did you think of TakeOver? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I mean, one thing I did notice, though, is that you need the crowd for takeovers. I've definitely been preaching that the crowd is not necessary. Interesting. And that you don't you don't need the crowd and that you don't lose much not having the crowd and but takeover you definitely noticed it, you felt it even with um the stand-ins like there's just no replacing. You think you're better uh, with those stand-ins? Crowd. You think you're better off with those stand-ins or leaving it the way it was and doing a great job um with a sound engineer of adding audio that makes sense? I think the stand-ins, because like if you add the audio that makes sense, it's not it's as much as they try to say sports entertainment and that they do Raw and SmackDown like TV shows more so than sports presentations. Um, that that would be a bridge too far because the the it, crowd adds that authenticity. But I will say, man, that I've noticed on. I've noticed on AEW when they add a little bit of sound there. Now, granted, they have they've had people in the crowd too, but they are also lightly piping in sound, and it makes a difference. I think the dead air and people just yelling, and it's completely dead air under it. You miss the murmur. There's always a murmur of a crowd, right? When they're when they're thousands of people together, if if they're not loud cheering, you still hear them. There's talking. There's it's. So I, I'm not saying that would have made all the difference in the world, but I, I wish that in addition to having the stand-ins, they piped in. Even if they don't do fake "this is awesomes" or anything like that, you don't need that. But if you could just pipe in that murmur constantly, like they they do it for oh, yeah. soccer events, like they do it for games sometimes. Like if it's being the commentary is being done here, and and the game's being played elsewhere, and their sound goes out, they'll just pipe in sound um, because a soccer game has a sound. You know, we all know that sound. Yeah. You know, you yeah. can do a football game and we know how it gets louder on third down on defense in the homes, in the home crowd. You, you know that you want to pump up that sound on third down. Like, so anyways, interesting to hear you say that though, SGG, that the, the takeover was the most noticeable it was for you. Yeah, they definitely need it. Now, still a good show. I still enjoyed the, the matches. Um, I have no complaints about any of that, but like I said, that's, just not having the crowd, you felt it. 
Um, what was the match of the night? For me, I think the main event. Um, Charlotte, EO, and Rhea. And it definitely I, came through. I agree, by the way. I, I think it was the, I think it was the match of the night. And, um, how'd you feel about the result? Um, you know, I thought it was very soon for having Charlotte beat Rhea and then just drop it at the very next takeover. Um, that sort of doesn't make any sense to me, the decision to have Charlotte be the transitional champion. But at the same time, it's Charlotte. And I think NXT is better off for, for having her come down there and just like sort of reinvigorate that women's division. Um, I agree. Also, what do you think about, uh, you know, Dipperstein was irate, obviously. Um, let's see if we... <laughs> what was his? He was irate that a heel got the confetti. Well, no, it's Japanese though. Like it's a Japanese thing. So like it doesn't play into like your baby face heel dynamics. It's a, it's a, it's a show of respect for the skill level. And I mean, you can't say, you can't call her the genius of the sky. You can't put a championship on her and you can't say that she's a, a top of the best women's division or one of the best women's divisions in the world, but then also say that she is not deserving of, uh, the, the confetti and the streamers too, because it wasn't just confetti; it was streamers Thank too. You, and that you know what? What ties I, in the? Oh, I'm sorry. The cultural. So that is a really that is a really good thing to point out that that was. So you believe that was strictly out of Japanese, uh, her uh, tradition, and not about yes. her status, heel or baby face. Yes. Yep. Um. I I enjoyed that match a lot. I think they they you know they have chemistry. Rhea, listen, they're all very very. You're talking about in, in Charlotte and Rhea that that thing could go on for years. Like my guess is we are going to see chapters of Charlotte and Rhea. Yeah, they got mileage on. They they got a lot that they could do with that. And then Eo's pretty damn good too. Um, but yeah, I, I I will say it was a good show. Um, the matches themselves were all enjoyable. Did you enjoy Dream and Cole? I did. I was hoping for more. It felt but... a little. If, if if Edge and Randy went, I know you think it was the perfect length, but if for those of us who think Edge and Randy went too far, <laughs> you feel like Cole and Dream maybe was a little short. Yeah, and also like they set us, they sort of set a bar with the cinematic matches that I don't think either the NXT matches. Um, I'm talking, you know, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, and now this one. I don't think those managed to reach because you think about like the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse. You know, very different matches. But once you hear a match is getting the cinematic treatment, you sort of on the edge of your seat. Uh, let's it. be real though; those ones probably got a lot more money too. I mean, Funhouse True. definitely did. Funhouse had the had like a movie budget. <laughs> they they had sure. to spend some dough, dough on the Funhouse. There's no way around it. Um, by the way, speaking of which, I wonder if we'll see John Cena in the Black Power Rankings this week, the Shad Gaspard Black Power Rankings. Yeah, I mean, listen, man, he definitely, that donation, I don't, for people who haven't heard, I guess, you know, John Cena donating a million dollars to, to Black Lives Matters. Now, this comes on the heels of Cena giving, like, what was it, a hundred grand or sixty grand to Shad Gaspard's family? It was forty thousand dollars, and it, it's, it was on the GoFundMe. It was a listing was, uh, it was listed as CTC RIP. And for those who don't remember, CTC was Crime Time C Nation, which was him with Crime Time. It was their little short lived faction. So when people saw CTC RIP and then the, the amount, and then he posted, uh, he posted uh, a picture of the three of them from, you know, vandalizing JBL's limo. And so it was like, oh, this has to be. You know, it has to be John Cena who's responsible for this hefty, hefty, hefty donation to to the family. Yo, do you? John Cena has thirteen point eight million followers on Instagram. He's following zero. By the way, he's one of those. Yeah, following zero, thirteen point eight million, and he That's just. Wild. 
and he just posts, you know, the weirdest stuff imaginable. Do you have you ever looked at it? What makes it weird? Yeah, of course. What makes it weird too is that it's all like open for interpretation. Like, there's no captions. You just get the post, and then you can think whatever you want to think about it. Which, you know, great for him because then he doesn't have to explain himself really, and it leaves a lot of it just open to interpretation of the fans. But you know, some of it. Wow, he's needs re- no explanation, and he's like, he's been going hard. The Stone Cold Stop Racism post, yeah, you know, needs needs no explanation. He went Kaepernick. He had a Kaepernick kneeling post. He had the Do the Right Thing movie cover post. Um, the Blackout Tuesday joint. Um, a Ben and Jerry's Justice ice cream thing. Ray Charles George on my mind. Sam Cooke change gonna come. Yeah, he's not playing. Then he hit with the That's interesting. He also posted and, B- BTS Army matched the group's one million dollar Black Lives Matter donation. <laughs> yeah. He's famously like a big fan of of that band, BTS. Which is weird. I don't know how or why. But he he is. Um, maybe it has something to do with his work with Nickelodeon and his, you know, seen a lot of kids. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how or why. But but yeah, I, I have to imagine that them um, donating what they did is what made him decide to like match it. And then I, I don't know SGG if you saw the tweet that I reposted. But it was such a good tweet from a random person who um, who said, someone on Twitter said, John Cena is who we all, is who Hulk Hogan yeah. wanted, wanted us to believe he was. Yep, so true. John Cena is like the real life Hulk Hogan. The character yep. Hulk Hogan is John Cena, the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's true. He's That's why I said in the group chat, you know, if... John Cena can have Hogan's spot on whatever rankings and Rushmore's and anything that anybody, as far as I'm concerned. Well, listen, John Cena can take it. We've all listen, my, and it's it's interesting with Cena. You know, I I love him. I love Cena the guy, um, and I love things about him as a wrestler. Um, and then, you know, I've really sort of come to really dislike Hogan the guy. Um, <laughs> right, and yet there. Th- and yet I enjoy his actual – and listen, some of it's going to be era, right? Like some of the Hogan stuff, it's just what we grew up with. But like, you know, one – Hogan's best trait in my opinion may, in the um, in the ring may be Cena's worst trait. I wish that they could – I wish Cena could just take that one thing and then I could just yeah, – I could make the arguments for him wrestling-wise that I would want and to. And what make. is that? Was that trait? I think I know where you're going, but his ability to sell. Yep. I Hogan the salesman. Okay, like he is the reason his character got over in spite of his limited wrestling and sort of cheesy, his cheesy over the top character was that in those matches when even though you knew it was going to happen, when the beatdown <laughs> came, he he was so good at selling it. And Cena has always struggled, for whatever reason, with sort of, you know, you never believe when he's getting beaten down that he's really completely beaten down. Yeah, Super Cena's right around the so corner. It's all, like, you can see it, like, so, and, <laughs> yeah. I, and I know it's nitpicky, and and he's great. He's an all-time great. I love the guy. I'm literally just nerding out on the wrestling side of it. That's the, 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 that's the one thing, like, I, I can deal with the fact that, you know, there he has an offensive routine that's limited because guess what? So does a lot of the all-time greats, and his mic and his mic work is is great too. But the 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 selling stuff really was to me the shortcoming of it all, and the fact that they never you know I wanted to see the character. I wanted to see one more version of his character. I would have loved. Think about how unfair it is. We got to see Heel Hogan for years in in NWO. We never got to see it from Cena. Not the. Does it matter that he was a heel first and then like 
rode the baby face wave, or do you want to see like another? No, I, I needed him on top. It. I needed to see him on top as a heel. Okay. Even though, like you know, listen, I, I it's the it's Doctor Thugonomics was great though. But also, was it really a heel though? Because that's why he became a baby face. Is because, but then again, you could argue that at the NWO also, to a, and obviously on a different scale. Yeah. But I just wanted to see when Cena was on top, and obviously, you guys know this. If anyone's ever watched my interviews with him on YouTube, I asked him about it every time I ever talked to him. I mean, I, I was, <laughs> I was the embodiment of of the fan who was waiting for the heel turn, which. I would just love to hear him now be able to come out and honestly talk about it. Now that we're done waiting for it, I would love to hear, was there ever a time when it was close? And, and was there ever a time when he really lobbied for it and was like, man, give me a shot. Let me just turn on these kids one time. Well, didn't didn't uh, Chris Hero actually come on Cheap Heat and say that John Cena was thinking about it and that he had like a completely different like completely different gear and was gonna like that's right change his whole style up and then for whatever reason it just fell apart at the last minute we need to get chris hero back on the podcast yeah i mean he is a wrestling genius i'll be very intimidated in even trying to have a conversation with please you you came up under the great david shoemaker this is true but i mean chris hero's on another level He's no, he's the man knows wrestling uh very, very well. Um he's he's great. We gotta get Hero back on here. Anyways, that was another fun aside about uh John Cena being mage and comparing him to Hulk Hogan. Um but as a as people, there is no comparison. John Cena is the GOAT, man. He is what a class act, and it was so meaningful from a wrestling standpoint. By the way, I spoke to someone this week who was incredibly hurt and disappointed. By the response of uh, of Brandy Rhodes to what's been going on, did you see any of that, SGG? I did. I wouldn't say I was hurt and disappointed, but um, but I did. Her 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 response sort of fell short. It felt like to me that she Brandy and Cody, I think they both sort of fell short. And and you know, Brandy to me sounded like she just made it about herself a little bit. That I that that was the, the my friend who reached out to me who was upset about it, she's a big fan of her, you know, and she's also a, a black woman who loves wrestling. And so she, like, has merch, Brandy merch, like, she's a fan. And so when she read Brandy's take, which is sort of nuanced and long, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys go find it if you want, and I'm not going to – I'm not in my spot as the white guy. I don't think it. you can find it because it's it, – I think it might have been deleted, but just to, like, simplify it for people, you know, Brandy – in the context of these issues that have been going on that we spoke about last week and these conversations are continuing everywhere, but she first sort of centered Cody and her relationship in the context of these issues, which, you know, whether it's fair or unfair, it's what she did. And, you know, her perspective is based on that, like that influences what the way she sees things, but she sort of centered her, relationship with Cody and then commented on the issues in a way that sort of made it about herself and not about like the, you know, the police brutality or like the the shared struggle of black people, not just in America, but everywhere. And it was just like, she made it about how people would react to what she said instead of simply saying about what you said, talking about the issue of police brutality and black people. That's because right. that, that's, that is, irrespective of your own experiences on social media. And listen, I'm sure she has gotten hate before, of course, right? People, biracial couples, especially a public biracial couple, they're going to hear horrible things. It's sad but true. And they will hear from black people and white people, and it's sad. But I hear what you're saying. You wanted the comment to just be about the issue, and it was about sort of their – you know, it was almost like a picking sides thing based on what people have said to you on social media and – she ended up just basically laying out, and uh, I'm not here to judge it, but my friend was was bummed out, and um, I understand it. And Cody dropped the ball too. I mean, I'm trying to find his post, but I'm I mean, Cody was also I'll, I'll say Cody's was disappointing because when you think about who his pops is, it's like Dusty's kid, and and I feel like. Maybe I'm talking out of turn or maybe I don't 
know as well as I think I do, but you sort of get the sense that the black community loved Dusty Rhodes and that Dusty loved the spec. And that, you know, if Dusty was around to comment on these situations, that it would not have come across in a way that made anybody feel like, you know, tokens or anything like that. And that Cody, who, you know, that's his father, like, that he he's doing a lot of, I think, um, he's trying to follow in Dusty's footsteps in ways that are good. And then on this particular issue, it feels like he's falling short. And it's sort of disappointing from him, too, because his whole mantra is like, do the work, do the work, do the work. But then when you bring up like a racial issue or something like that and raise it in reference to AEW or his personal stance, it doesn't feel like he's doing the work. It's just like he's trying to coast on his reputation as being Dusty's kid or Brandy's husband. And then his messaging too sorts of just falls short. Yeah, that's, I've, I've found that as well. And also he's the leader of a company. Um, right. You know, um, and listen, it's, it's, it's hard. We're in a position right now where everyone's sort of judging everyone's responses. But listen, the bottom line is if you're passionate about this subject, the expectation is that people step up now and push themselves more than ever before. That's what everyone's looking for. Um, it's not going to make up for what's happened, but it could be the catalyst in real change. So when, when people, when people say nothing, or say the complete wrong thing. Yeah. It's 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 disappointing. Uh, it doesn't mean it's a. Uh, in the case of Cody and, and Brandy, it doesn't mean it's not recoverable, but it's not what you wanted. It's not what people were hoping for, I guess. Um, and you know, and by the way, uh, I did think about AEW again this week too because did Cracker Barrel sponsor their thing a while ago? Yes, they did. <laughs> Yes, and did, and did, did you see the Cracker Barrel story? I did not. There's a Cracker Barrel story about like alleged, like straight up like discrimination and segregation sort of practices in like 40 different Cracker Barrel restaurants. Um, so I saw that. And then also if you look at Cracker Barrel's account, they have not posted one thing about what's going on. Well, also if you look at Cracker Barrel's restaurant, like, <laughs> Just from a branding uh, standpoint? Yeah, just looking, like, going to the inside. Now, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed Cracker Barrel food. I do. I'm not going to lie. But at the same time, like, you look at, you walk in that restaurant, it's just like stepping it back into an era where the food had to have been delicious, but everything else was just god awful. You know, I've never me. been inside one. All those rest stops, I've never been inside a Cracker Barrel. Oh, I have. I have. Um, Delicious biscuits. I'm upset that I've. I'm upset that I missed the biscuits because now that I'm hearing this, now's not. Uh, now it doesn't look like I'll be going. Oh yeah, no, it's quiet for Cracker Barrel now. I mean, they might have to change the name Cracker altogether. <laughs> yeah. They're, watch, they'll just be called it's the Barrel. It's out of there. <laughs> Come on down to the Barrel. Um. So SGG. Um. Are we going to see the the greatest match ever this weekend? I mean, what, we're going to see the greatest kickoff show ever because Peter Rosenberg yeah, and Scott Stanford are back. And if you guys missed the last one, I let me just say one thing about the kickoff shows. <clears throat> I really enjoy working with Scott. Um, if you're if you're a Peckerhead and you enjoy getting to watch me work, it's worth t- tuning into because he all he does is set me up to shine. That's all Scott does. It's yeah. like. Introduces a match, Peter, go ahead, and I get to break everything down and have fun, and I bust his balls, and it's a good time. So tune into the kickoff show on YouTube or the network wherever you watch. But yeah, SGG. So this weekend, greatest match ever: Edge, Randy Orton. I will say this: I, I obviously, you know, I hear greatest match ever. I find that the, I, the moniker and the idea to be sort of silly and repug. I did enjoy the peep show on Raw this past week, though. I I liked seeing Christian, you know, trying to like get after Edge to 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 get the best out of him. You did. 
I did. I thought it was like at first I thought he was like actually going to be like acting like a heel and I was like what are they doing? Why why would Christian be this way? But while it was a little cheesy and again I think all those things feel extra cheesy with the limited crowd. I I liked the con- concept of Christian being like now I don't know where it came from though. My problem is why? Why is Edge all of a sudden on fumes? Why is Edge not motivated <laughs> yeah, to know. beat Randy Orton? He just beat Randy Orton. Okay? Maybe and maybe that's why. And maybe that's why that when it was all laid out on the line that he he did beat Randy Orton. But then they like, should set up do I have to prove. But then they should set up Edge to be like to act like he's been chilling. They should show him on social media like relaxing at home and eating and and drinking and like yo you're chilling, you're acting like it's all good. You're playing with your kids. You're not training. Like, they're not really doing that. They're just saying, like, you don't have it anymore. I mean, he had it a month and a half ago. Yeah. Two months ago? he had it a month and a half before that. Yeah, I mean, he had it two months ago? Wow, it was already two months ago, Mania. Damn. Bruh, quarantine. Crazy, guys. It's been over two months. Anyways, what do you think? Will we see the greatest match ever? Will we see a half great match? Will we see – what do you think? What's your What's your expectation – and and best case scenario for this match. So my expectation obviously is the greatest match ever because that's what they set it up, right? They want they want this to be like the best the best thing to happen inside a wrestling ring going back to the era before Christ. Now, my I think I think they could get close. I'm not going to lie, based on the talent in the ring, you know, Edge and Randy Orton, if there are two people that you want to saddle with that expectation and not have them worry about um, caving under pressure or even, you know, the match not living up to that expectation and them blaming it on the expectation that was set for them, it's Edge and Randy Orton. Because, I mean, first of all, Edge is a guy who's been, like, underrated, even still, I'll say, even to the to the day he retired, to the day he came back. But meanwhile, quietly strung together a uh, uh, more than impressive career. And then you have Randy Orton, who's just capable. Like, he 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 can turn it on. Like, we all see it. We can tell when he's bored, and we can tell when he's in there with the guy that he respects and with the guy who's, like, inspiring him to be his best. Because when, when he's in there with that, then you get some of the best that you've ever seen out of Randy Orton. So I think him and Edge together. They could get close. Now, will it be Hart Austin at WrestleMania three or or Undertaker Shawn Michaels or or you know Sasha Bailey at Takeover or Savage Steamboat? I don't know. But could it be like in the conversation for match of the year? Maybe best match of the last ten years, possibly, if they if they do what we know they could do. Well, SGG, what is my highest hope? Listen, there's no crowd, okay? If they somehow pull off something that we even put in a conversation, that we even jokingly are like, maybe it was the grid. If if that even ends up in a conversation (laughs) with Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, or, you know, I don't know, I, I, I... I'm not going to even mention some of the matches that I consider. I'm not, listen, I'm not talking the, I'm not talking WrestleMania 10. I'm not, I'm not, or three. No. But if they were to even end up in a conversation like that, given the circumstance, it would be a gigantic success. Yeah. Like a crazed over the top. They did something brilliant. Like I'll put it this way. If they did that, they are saving this moment in wrestling, at least in WWE. If yeah, we, I mean, listen. No, go ahead. No, that's it. If they do that, if we come away being like, guys, that actually might be a top ten match of all time, and they do it with no crowd in this circumstance, with this much, with this kind of build, we are going to come away like crediting them forever. It'll be it'll be the greatest thing they've ever done. Yeah, and you know, we we sort of. We've been killing WWE for this greatest match ever, like hammering it in our heads and just being like, there's no way they could live up to it. And now, like, they've said it so much 
And then when you think about that song that they play with it, that they don't have to, it doesn't have to be the greatest match ever. Just like you said, it's going to be like a complete mind F where like they called it the greatest match ever. And as long as it's not an awful match, <laughs> it could probably be like considered, yo, this was a fire top 10 match that we'll always talk about. I think it would have to be better than not awful. It would have to be at least very good. No, if it's better than, I mean, if it's not awful, then like, obviously people could start convincing themselves. And then if it's very good, people will be like, damn, it was the greatest. But at the same but time, like, it, I, it, I could see it going the other, if it's simply a solid match, but nothing, it doesn't have a moment of greatness, it's just a solid, like, you know, it could have been a match that they would have had at Backlash 2007. I don't, I think people could end up being really disappointed and being like, that was trash. But I think people are not expecting it to be the greatest, though. That's the thing. Like people. But what are about the people? What if, what if there great. are? What if people heard it so much that they're like, "Yo, this is going to be really crazy," and then they get nothing? <laughs> if it's not, <laughs> that's true. You, you're you're going positive. What if it goes the other way? If they don't see greatness, they're going to be like, "That was garbage." It was just. I feel bad for those match. six people. You mean the people who actually believe <laughs> it? Yeah. I feel bad for those. I, six I would like though for them to somehow do something special because the bottom line is this. I know it's just marketing, but by choosing to market it as the greatest wrestling match ever, to those of us who actually care about what the greatest wrestling match ever is, that's a, that's a, those are real words. Those words, mm -hmm. those words count. They mean mm -hmm. something. Um, and what, what, what else? is your greatest match ever? Do we, do we, I always say Savage Steamboat. Um, yeah. but you know, honestly, the more I watch and the more I think about it, that's like my childhood greatest match ever. Um, I like so many matches, man. I'll tell you what. I know this sounds crazy because I like matches for different things. Yesterday I watched, um, I've been watching the Repug era of Manias, like 22 and beyond. <laughs> and yesterday I, I was watching 24. I love, I love Flair HBK. What Flair was capable, what, what, what HBK was capable of getting out of Flair in that match. So it got to a point where by the end, you didn't think Flair would win, but it seemed credible. And then that moment, because we always talk about the I love you, I'm sorry. The I'm sorry, I love you. Yeah. But what you don't talk about before the I'm sorry, I love you is that in the seconds before Sean says that, Flair is crying. I think literally crying. I think he is literally crying. And he's standing in the ring like this, falling over, like, come on, come on. And he looks like their whole story they did of old Yeller. And Shawn Michaels said they had, they loved that dog. Oh, Shawn was so good there. <laughs> Shawn. They loved that dog, but they had to take him outside and put him down. And then when you think about that old, and, 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 and Flair goes, old Yeller and slaps him across the face. When, yeah. when you think about that old yeller imagery and then you see the old dog in the ring with his hands in the air like, come on, come fight me. But you feel bad for him because you're like, he's finished. It really makes the, the what Sean does at the end that that great. My point is the wrestling in it is cool, but what makes a match great, right? It's the feeling. It's the it's the actual work in the match. The crowd reaction, story. the story overall. So I love, I love Hogan Rock a lot. I find it to be so fun. I love any of the three Austin Rocks. I love Brett and Owen at 10. I love Razor and Sean at 10. Um, I feel like Razor and Sean at 10 is overrated only because the SummerSlam joint was better. Like mm. leaps and bounds, like way better. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Speaking of which, I love Brett and Davy Boy at Wembley. Um, I love Hogan Andre. We we always I always talk Savage Steamboat because of the 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 beautiful wrestling, but in terms of a mood being set and 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 the story culminating the right way in which it literally hits the absolute 
maximum crescendo. You talk about pressure for a match. They built that whole mm-hmm. thing around that for a year. Ninety or no, not not a year. That that was only that had only been going for three and a half months at that time. But they built this huge pay per view at ninety three thousand people, whatever. Let's say it. Let's say at minimum eighty five thousand people, right? It's, it's still the, a lot. It's, a, it's still the, not bad. It's the biggest thing ever. It's the last match. Andre can barely move. You add all those things up, and then you take a, lo- a look at what that shot looks like when the ref hits three. I mean, you can't ask for more than that. Yeah. So like they got, I, they got exactly what they were looking for. I love a lot of matches. So there's so many matches that I love. What about you, SGG? Oh man, obviously you know Brett and Owen, Brett Davy, Brett Austin is Ooh. probably for me. Because whenever I think about like my favorite match, like the greatest, there's four that always sort of trade the spot and revolve around. What, do you let Brett, Brett lose? Do you let Brett lose in any of those? <laughs> because then you'd include the Iron Man match. The Iron Man match is pretty good, but uh, I, I think about Brett Austin, Savage Steamboat, like you said, Sasha Banks and Bailey at that first takeover in Brooklyn. I think was just like phenomenal. And then again, that, and that's another one where a huge part of it is story culmination and crowd and what it yeah. does to the crowd. Yeah. And I feel like they just really put like modern women's wrestling on the map. Like no disrespect to Trish, Lita, anybody that came before them. But those two, what they did in Brooklyn is just like unprecedented. And then of course that first Shawn Michaels Undertaker match, probably just flawless in all the categories that you want to look at. Like build everything. That Austin Brett, that's a very good call that absolutely deserves to be in the conversation. I could, I could it's talk like about one of the perfect matches. I, I would like to spend, I, I need to spend, you know, at some point I need to go away on a retreat and spend a solid three days thinking of the best matches. That's it. Three days and then come back with the master list. <laughs> And I don't think I could, um, I don't think I could rank them. I mean, I, I, the numbers, it's like those, it was like when we were doing those MC rankings. At some point they become silly, you know, the, um, but to at least just list them. Now, SGG, yeah. um, are you looking forward to anything else at Backlash? I feel like just really that greatest match ever is what, what I have my eye on just because they, they hammered it into my head so much. And, um, you know, Bobby Lashley gets Drew McIntyre. I don't expect Bobby Lashley to get the win. So I'm not quite looking forward to it. Although I do think that, that those guys are going to put on, um, an impressive match. I, I wish that the crowd was around. I'd be curious to see how Lashley would appear right now because between MVP and the full Nelson, it does feel like a new guy. Yeah. Only thing he could use is like some sort of gear change, though I don't know what it would be. He already ditched the headband. That's not enough for you? It was a good start. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's hit a couple of uh mailbags. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. Let's hit a couple of mailbags before we go. Mail. Uh Kobe, Klein Kobe, or Kobe Klein, I can't tell, writes this and says, one lighthearted question, one serious. First, the serious, I simply ask, could you please not stop talking about things that are more important in, in, than wrestling on Cheap Heat? I need to hear what you have to say, especially SGG. If there were a moment to, um, if there were a moment to not just stick to sports, this is it. Um, now, You've talked a lot about wrestling Mount Rushmore's, and I'd like to hear your Mount Rushmore of promos. I have three locks in mind. Flair, Piper, and Austin. For number four, I can't decide. Is it Shawn Michaels? Is it Jake the Snake? Is it Dusty, The Rock, Mick Foley, CM Punk? I hate to say it, but it might be Chris All Lives Matter Jericho. (laughs) He's certainly the best promo active in the business right now. Thoughts? Don't take it easy, man. <laughs> That's a great, thank you, Kobe. Um, it is Kobe. Um, well, Flair and Piper, I feel are guarantees for me. Yeah. Same. I, I think that, and you know, both of them, both of them had the same flaw. 
both Flair and Piper, when they go too far, can be a bit, they can lose it. They can go a little bit over the top where they lose control a little and it's like, that, that's at their worst. Which isn't often. At their best, they can just go and go and, and get you to believe anything. Uh, the, the, I think Flair and Piper are the, are the two best. Um, I mean, that three is, is pretty solid. It really is just about who that fourth. Uh, and uh, Flair, Piper, and Austin. Austin's great too. You know, Austin's tough because as the years went on, it got so, the crowd got so involved. Um, that it's almost like, I, he didn't necessarily have the, wasn't able to use the same kind of range. Like, that's why I would put Jake in. The range. You know, Jake, Jake's ability to be quiet in a promo. You know, is. Have you hanging on every word? Yeah, that to me is, is special. Um, I mean, I guess it doesn't count, but we gotta say, in his in his heel days, Vince could cut a hell of a promo. Yeah, Vince would. It's get, a shame too. Vince doesn't count on any of these Rushmores because, like, he he could he could do most of it. I wouldn't say he could wrestle, but but no. When it comes to cutting a promo, Vince would start when like in the we're, we're talking prime Attitude Era days when the show would start. It would instantly go to no chance, and he would come out and start the show just. Ripping on whoever, he was pretty great. That was a great email, Kobe. Thank you. Um, uh, Ghostwriter writes writes us here. Mail. First time writer, long time fan. The Undertaker last match should be a Firefly Funhouse match. In the match, Taker is greeted by Brother Love since Brother Love brought him into the WWF. Instantly, the Undertaker is wearing the original outfit, and the fun begins. Through the process of the match, every incarnation of The Undertaker is showed and confronted by Muscle Man Bray, Eater of Worlds Bray, Mr. Rogers, Rogers Bray, and The Fiend. There should be cameos for Bruce Prichard, his brother Love, then morphs into Paul Bearer, Kane, Mankind, and Mr. McMahon to highlight all of his career. Bray should win and Undertaker should pass the torch to Bray, and he is now the mystical character of WWE. Side note, Drew Gulak and Becky Lynch should join the Firefly Funhouse since they have legit career history of being professionally trained clowns. That would give us another Wyatt family and be a great return for absent Becky. Take it easy, man, and enjoy yourself. Oh. I did not know that Drew Gulak also was a clown. I didn't know Becky was a clown. That's hilarious. He says, former Bethesda resident currently working in Afghanistan, Ken. Thanks, Ken. Yeah, I agree with that email too. I think Undertaker is a perfect fit for the Fly Five Funhouse, especially if they do it like Cena, the career retrospective. It, it would squash. Be, that's the thing. If you get the career retrospective, where you see every version of Undertaker, and they bring up all the random things that have happened, and all the mistakes. Whew, the Goldberg match is going to be a going to be a doozy. Oh, oh, like the moment, bad moments yet, and and you could even have Sting involved. Yeah, I will tell you that yeah. was a great. That was a great. I think a lot of people are going to love that idea. That's a very, very major idea. Um, I know we only got to two emails, but I already got to wrap here. Um, I, I will get to more emails next week. Rosenbergbeats at gmail dot com. We do love hearing from you guys. Your hot dog chicken showdown shirts are on the way. Go check your email for that email I was telling you about. Follow us, Rosenberg Radio, Stack Guy Greg, SGG. Do you have Shad Gaspard? Black Power ranking. Uh, black y'all, and I'm black y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black y'all, and I'm black y'all, and I'm black y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black y'all. I'm black, blacker than black, black. I'm blacker than black, yo, because I'm black and I'm black. Yo, I'm black and I'm black y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black y'all, and I'm black y'all, and I'm black y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black y'all, and I'm black, 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 black. Yes, I do, indeed. In at number three, going with Bobby Lashley and MVP. Um, I together. Feel like that pairing, yeah, together. That pairing really reinvigorated Bobby Lashley's career, and it's taken him to a place that you know we can all enjoy it. Um, I've always said this. Bobby Lashley, as impressive as he is in the ring, he needs someone on the mic to sort of shine him up a little bit. 
and I'm glad he has MVP, one of the best in the business right now. Killing it. Able to do that for him. Um, and then number two, this is going to shock a lot of people, but I'm going with the Street Profits. Um, I have you been love the bowling. enjoying. I love the decathlon. I love the bowling. I love, I love this, all those vignettes with the, with the wow. Viking Raiders. I love that this feud has managed to go outside of the ring and also be fun. Um, I think it's good for both teams. I'm all in on it. Um, I loved it. They might have cheated that flip cup, but so what? Um, and in a number one, I'm going with Sasha Banks. Um, her and Bailey. Okay. And they're, they're now two time women's tag champions. Um, they got their belts back and. Again, I think sky's the limit for Sasha Banks and Bailey. Whether friend or foe, those two together always hit it out of the park. So Sasha Banks is coming in at number one. Wow, this Deborah Cena is going to be disgusted by this. This is not for him. This is the, this is the Black Power rankings. But the, well, you brought in Bailey though, so yeah. <laughs> um, Listen, it's the tag titles, man. She's in. She's in my association. We can argue about Sasha Banks and Bailey next week. Everyone check out the kickoff show on the WWE Network or YouTube on Sunday. SGG, I will talk to you Sunday. Um, everyone out there, keep fighting that fight. Keep telling the truth. Keep being, being safe. And uh, enjoy yourself. Anything, SGG? They got to keep staying mage. Always stay mage. Yeah, that's true. And take it easy or nah. Whatever works for you right now. <laughs> whatever you want to do. Oh, man. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce in the corner to my left, the majesty. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce. Shout out to that guy, Red. Red Heart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.